Well, friends, I don't know if you knew it, but uh, today is a special day. It is Yes But Day. The last sermon in the series, Influencer, the case has been made, the facts presented. In fact, I think you know them already, so much so that I'm going to invite you to help me fill in the blanks at the end of these sentences. The harvest is already ready. Let's try it again. The harvest is already ready. Yes. There are people for whom that God's prepared for each of us individually, uniquely. Uh, how about this one? God can do a lot with a little. Yeah. It doesn't look like much to us, the maybe five loaves and two fish that are in our hands, but he can multiply it and do tons with it. God is sending us to go to the people that we know to show and tell. Show and tell what he's done for us. Now, if you're anything uh, like me, you can say, yep, already ready. Yes, I hear that. God can do a lot with a little. Yep, got it, seen him do that. Uh, God's sending me to go. Uh, I understand, that's true, but, but, but I'm not ready. Sure, there are things that I could show and tell. I could, I could walk you through the Lord's Prayer and tell you about a Father who cares for me. I could tell you about daily bread. I could tell you about a God that provides protection and provision uh, for me. I could tell you about His will in my life. I could tell you how He's answered prayers. I could say how He's come to me in baptism and given me the Holy Spirit. I could show, I could tell you lots of things, but there are lots I don't want to show. And lots I'd rather not tell. Lots I don't want people to see. Lots I'm ashamed to tell about. I think the thought process maybe for you goes a bit like this. It, it does for me. If I go and step in, if I love like Jesus and speak of Jesus, if I encourage other people to follow Jesus, they will look at my following of Jesus and they will see how far I haven't come. They will see lots of healthy habits that I haven't developed, and lots of bad habits that I've not left behind. They'll see lots of things that I don't know, things that I haven't even taken time to explore. They'll see my time use and my spending. They'll see my parenting and my relationship habits. They'll, they'll look at my marriage and my work ethic, and they'll see that they're often not guided by the words and the ways of Jesus, but rather by what's efficient and what takes care of me. They'll notice my lack of advocacy for the, for, for the poor, my lack of prayer. They'll see the, the meagerness of the faith conversations in my home because, man, more often than not, we're just running in some other direction. Maybe it's just me, but I suspect it's not. That there are things that you're ashamed of, things I'm afraid to let other people see. Maybe as you listened to the sermons over the course of this series, you think about guys like, like Walt and Janet, 
Me like, yeah, I, I get the vision, Lord. I, the, the guy like Walt who, who uh, through playing marbles, was able to help 10 and 11-year-olds know that they're loved unconditionally. I can see, Lord, how you worked through Walt to be able to bring blessing into those children's lives and how you, there's been fruitfulness even beyond what Walt could have ever seen. Lord, way to go, Janet, 82-year-old widow uh, hanging out with junior hires. I see how your influence mattered to so many. But I, I'm not ready. Not yet. That's what we say as followers of Jesus when we're like, yep, I I get the things that Jesus is telling me to do. Uh, I just add the not yet on there and then I get to wait a little longer. When will you be ready? I mean, have you considered over the course of this series the, the, the call that this has put on, put on our lives? Have you even considered, are you going to put these things into practice? If not, take a moment here. It's a yes or a no. It's really not complicated. But, but if yes, what does it look like? If I, if I feel like I need to be more ready, what is more ready? What's the list? What's the qualifications? What's the minimum standards? What's necessary? What's maybe just helpful? What's, how close to your ideal do you need to be before you start? What's your standards and which ones are his? See, the, the question that sits on my heart as we try to wrap this series up is, is how long can we say we understand these things and believe these truths but do little about it? How long can we, while living in a community where half of the people are not connected to a church, where there's a significant portion of the everyday people we see every day living with, without the hope and the healing that Jesus brings now, that they are missing out on life now. And if they stay in that place, they will miss out on life forever. Our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and in the presence of God the Father, now, you can push back on me on the statistics and about who's connected in our community and say, yeah, 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 pastor, I know only half of people are connected to a church, but people can be followers of Jesus if they're not connected to a church. True. True. Technically, you can be a follower of Jesus and not be connected to a church. But I also know that there are people that are technically connected to our church, for which that's making little difference in how they're following Jesus. So here's what's true. There are people without support, without community, that likely aren't living in the fullness of the hope and the healing that Jesus brings now and probably aren't actively being part of the harvesting that Jesus has said is already ready. Really, Jesus is putting into our sights, I think, two groups of people, those who don't yet have hope in Jesus and those who aren't yet living the abundant life of Jesus, which includes being actively a part of the harvest that's already ready for us. And the question that sits on my heart is how long can I say yes but to harvesting the harvest that's already ready and still say that I trust that what Jesus is says is true. For me, the answer is not that long. 
which leaves anyone who finds themselves in that same place having to face whatever shame of what isn't and whatever fear of what people might see. But the question is, how does that, what does it look like? How do I do that? How does that work? And for this, we look not to Jesus, but rather to another follower of Jesus, one who said, follow me as I follow Jesus. The words of the Apostle Paul, and there we get a vision for how we who, yes, but, can faithfully say, yes, Jesus, I'm right behind you. This follow me as I follow Jesus, if you want to look that up, is 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 1. But we're not going there today. Instead, we're going to go to 1 Timothy, chapter 1. So if you have brought your Bible along with you, add a boy, add a girl, uh, pull that Bible out. Uh, if you need one, uh, there's one in the rack in front of you, or use the digital version you've got along with you. 1 Timothy, chapter 1 is where we're going. We're going to start way back at uh, chapter 1, verse 1, not what was read before, but we need to start there to get the context, uh, so work on getting there. So I mentioned 1 Corinthians 11 just to establish this, this Paul's example. Well, Paul's the one that writes this letter to Timothy, and you see that right at the beginning of the letter. It says, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith. So this is the address to the letter. Uh, it's from Paul, and it's to Timothy. Now, let's make sure we understand who Paul is. Uh, big picture, there's lots to say about him, but know this. He's a traveling missionary pastor evangelist who has invited Timothy to join him in that work, and they've been at it together for about a decade. Uh, best estimates, uh, Timothy began when he was a late teenager somewhere in there, um, and he has gone along with Paul on, on these journeys for about a decade. Uh, Paul has fathered him in the faith, taught him the trade of faith, taught him the words and the ways of Jesus, not just giving him information, but giving him someone to imitate so that he can do the things that Paul does, so that he not only knows the things that Jesus knows, but does the things that Jesus did, so that he could embody them himself. And now he's leaving Timothy on his own at the church in Ephesus while Paul goes away to another city. Why? Because uh, there's things that Paul needs to get onto, but there's still urgent needs in the, the church in Ephesus. And he leaves Paul, or excuse me, leaves Timothy there to continue that work. And the work is this. There are leaders in that church that are teaching blatant errors about Jesus and the faith. And what the net result is is that people are stuck feeling guilty in their sins and not finding the freedom and the healing that's found through Jesus. But the one who's left to do that is Timothy, now in his 30s, which is still very young by the standards that are there and by the people that he's going to be speaking to. So largely uncredentialed and too young to come up against these teachers in the church in Ephesus. And though it seems, as we write, read this letter, that he has... Uh, said these things before, Paul is now writing these things to Timothy while he's away to encourage him so that he would continue in those things. Uh, I think it's because he sees Timothy in a situation where he'll be tempted to say, yes, but. So Paul gives him a vision how he can say yes to the task before him. Verse 12. So 
Uh, read down from there along with me. Oh, just read along. I'll, I'll say it. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Let's make sure we understand what Paul just said there. Paul, prior to being this amazing evangelist missionary, was a persecutor of the church. Let me, let me put that in, in clearer terms. Uh, he had arrest warrants for lots of popular and well-known Christians so that he could go around to them like a bounty hunter and arrest them so that they could get taken to the authorities and beaten or killed or you name it. And sometimes these were uh, things that he was doing as well. This is what he did. Granted, it was zealously thinking he was a good follower of what God was telling him to do, but he didn't get it uh, yet. And so uh, there was a point in his life along the road where uh, God blinds him and speaks to him and he makes a 180 in his life and is like, ooh, now I understand who Jesus is and now I'm a follower of Jesus um, and is now um, uh, in this work of telling people about Jesus when previously he was an enemy of all those people that did talk about Jesus. So he goes on to say, verse 14, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This is the, the 180 that, that happened. And he says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Let me put it in my own words, in just a sentence. If God can make a missionary out of a murderer, he can accomplish his work through you. Uh, all of your yes buts to all the things that you might feel shame for, all the things that you fear might, people might come to know that you don't know, that you don't do, that you haven't figured out yet, they will not limit the work of God through you. They will not limit the work of God through you. So the thought that the things that I'm shameful about, the things that I can't do, uh, these are going to keep God from doing what he can do. No, it won't. In fact, They'll actually highlight and magnify the power of God as you say yes to what God has prepared for you to do. And in fact, then, as, as you live into these things, as people watch you do this, it pushes against all of their yes buts as well. As you live the love of Jesus and speak of the love of Jesus, and they might say, yeah, but I don't know if God really could, could love me. He doesn't... But friends... He loves a person like this. He loved a person like Paul. All their yes buts to God being able to work through them who, who maybe is just newly a follower of Jesus and doesn't really understand these things yet. They got even more reasons why they could yes buts to this, but nonetheless, God is able to work through them as well. If the worst sinner was not only forgiven, if a murderer was turned into a missionary, 
and became one of God's most effective avenues for sharing his good news. While we may not feel ready by God's standards and by God's power, we are. And can I just tell you, if you feel not ready, you're in good company. And that's not just because I've had the same conversation with Pastor Brian about our own feelings about living in ministry and the things that we're called to do, but even Jesus himself was reluctant for doing the work that the Father has given to do. And, you know, we're called to, to know the things that Jesus knew and do the things that Jesus did. And so, actually, this is part of the well-worn path that Jesus has walked He was reluctant ahead of the cross uh, when he was in the garden before his arrest, knowing the coming crucifixion that was to come. He said, Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. May what's going to come, that he was already aware that was going to happen, that that he was going to be, he was going to be carrying the burdens of the world and his body was going to be beaten and he was going to suffer and suffocate and die. He said, Father, if there, if I don't have to do this, I don't want to. Yes, Father, but I I, I don't know. And yet, though he lingered in that yes, but he landed in a firm yes. So the path of faithfully following Jesus maybe pauses in a yes but, but it lands in a yes Jesus. I'm coming right after you. Jesus said, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he did it, and that matters for us. Not only that he completed the work that the Father had done, that he perfectly lived into those things, but now there is no basis for our yes yes, buts. If even a top enemy and a murderer of Christians was forgiven and made a missionary, so can you be forgiven and made into one that he sends to your 20 in the places you live, work, and play as you live as an everyday person, every day. Not only that, but as a believer, because Christ accomplished these things, his power is at work in you. Paul says as he writes to the Galatians that we'd wisely say of ourselves, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So our confidence is not in what I can do, but what he can do in me. In Philippians 2.13, he says plainly, it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his faithful good purpose. Not ready? That's our perspective, not his. Let that soak in. Not ready is something we need to repent of, turn from. That when we have those quiet moments at the beginning of our worship service where we're confessing our sins, one of the things we probably should regularly be confessing is how I keep saying yes but to many of the things that you ask me to do, Lord, especially those people that are closest to me that you've asked me to be a person of peace to, to, to stay with, to invest in to be good news too. And if we're going to turn from that, what do we turn to? To trust. To radical, ruthless trust. Trust that, that God works through those who are a work in progress. If there was one sentence that I'd love for you to write down and take with you and hold on for the week and the years ahead, it's this. Trust that God works 
through those who are a work in progress. This is counter to everything we see when it comes to other influencers out there, whether that's a a business influencer or a social media influencer or you name it, whatever kind of influencer, we pick the people that got it figured out. We got the people that have the Fortune 500 company and retired at 33. We pick the, the social media influencer that's got the perfect skin, the perfect aesthetic, the pristine designs, the perfectly social issue savvy comments about whatever is coming in this world, they have this constant and never-ending care for branding and image because that's what sells. One wrong step, we've seen it. A social media influencer, a company, a brand gets canceled. They're out. There's no room for error, and there's plenty to step in behind, and the advertising dollars go in other places. There's no room for error as we think about influencers in that realm. But yet, our model for being an influencer, one of them at least, is Paul, who's quick to point out his failures, his weaknesses, and his very storied past. Can you even uh, imagine one who's trying to influence from that kind of platform? Hey, let me tell you all the ways that I'm not capable of doing these things. You should come follow me. They wouldn't make it. But Paul is teaching that influence is not about perfection, but about helping people see one's progress and growth through the work and mercy of Christ Jesus. People don't need perfect examples. They need living examples. I mean, just think about it pragmatically for a minute. To, to, if you want to start taking up running, you could model yourself after an Olympic athlete that just finished the, uh, a marathon in almost two hours, but it's a whole lot easier to follow your neighbor that's two months ahead of you in starting to walk regularly so that they can get healthy. Because I can pattern myself a little bit easier after somebody that's two steps ahead rather than somebody that's 20 steps ahead. So maybe being that much further ahead actually isn't what God has in mind for you and for the 20 around you. We are on this journey toward Christ-likeness, and our influence is going to be best received when we present ourselves as those who are still in process, a work in progress on the journey. So we can hold on to all that, but there still is that shame that sits there. The things that we're afraid about, what do we do with those? How do I step ahead with those in mind and knowing that those are still real? Two things. So if you want to write them down, this is the first. Number one, see yourself through God's eyes. See yourself through God's eyes. Admit those failures before your loving Father and trust with that radical, ruthless trust that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out on you abundantly. That 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14 that Paul said about himself, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out on me abundantly, he said. Essentially, those things of my past, they don't define me. Those things aren't how God sees me. When when the Father looks at you, though he knows you are sinful, he sees the perfection of his Son. He sees the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all our sins. That's one of the ways we talk about how we're covered in baptism. He doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees Jesus. When he looks at you, he says, with a smile on his face and a twinkle in his eye, 
like a loving father or a grandpa. I love you, daughter, son. I'm proud of you. I delight in you. Yeah, I know you've been prodigal, but that doesn't make you any less my daughter or my son. You are both sinner and forgiven saint of God. God sees you for what you one day will be, perfect and sinless, just like his son, Jesus. This is the firm foundation that we stand on. And standing on that firm foundation, number two here to deal with our fear and our shame, be in process with all those things as you go. So number one, see yourself through God's eyes. Number two, be in process. Uh, to, To borrow a lyric from Corey Ashbury, what looks to you like weakness is a canvas for God's strength. What looks to you like weakness is a canvas for God's strength. It was for Paul. And what a gift we can give if we let someone see the canvas where God is working, where we're we're only a couple steps ahead. But it's a couple steps ahead. So let them see where you've been and where we can go together. And realize that returning to this step one of seeing yourself through God's eyes is something you're going to have to do regularly. At least I do. I know Pastor Brian does. And I think anybody that I've talked to regularly about their life of following Jesus does as well. This is part of being a work in progress. To return regularly to the grace of our Lord that was poured out on us abundantly. Returning to that isn't an indication I should have yes butted a little bit longer. It's actually what it looks like to be a work in progress. And that, my friends, is the life that your 20 need to see. Some of them need to see it so that they could put hope in Jesus for the first time. Some need to see it so they could renew their hope for the millionth time and be spurred on to do the same for others. But if you're going to wait until you're ready, you'll never start. If you're going to wait till God's ready, that was yesterday. It's today. It's now. The right answer to your yes buts is what if? What if these things are true? Can I trust with radical, with, with radical, ruthless trust that God really is present and at work, that he really has prepared people for us. And if that's true, that, that my failures, my weakness, and my very storied past is not a hurdle, but a canvas for his strength. That trust has been put in you in the waters of baptism as you've been given the Holy Spirit. It's being grown as you hear and read God's word, as you come to this table and are strengthened in that faith given there. So fill up well. Surround yourselves with those who live in that trust and God will help you turn every day from a yes but to a yes day. Yes, Jesus, I'll join you in what you've prepared for me with my 20. In Jesus' name, amen.
May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.